welcome to the Bada Boom Podcast. On today's episode, Chris and Troy talk with Dennis Culver about his upcoming work with the Doom Patrol. Listen in to hear more. Hey, what's up, Dennis? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Exciting. As we're recording this, a big event is happening in DC, Lazarus Planet. And I'm excited to talk to you because spinning out of this event, you're working on something very special, a new Doom Patrol. So I'm really excited. Like, how did this come about? Like, uh, did DC approach you or did you have a pitch to bring the Doom Patrol back? Uh, well, I was talking with my editor, Ben Abernathy, and uh, we were kind of bouncing uh, some ideas off of each other. And I actually had, it started with a Robot Man idea. And uh, that that story ends up being in issue three, but I was kind of talking to Ben about the, this Robot Man idea and then it kind of got me on a tangent about the Doom Patrol and just kind of my feelings about them in the DC universe. And I think I got probably pretty passionate about it. And he was like, we'd already been talking about uh, doing something with Burnham. He's like, well, you guys should do that. That seems like a no-brainer. And I was like, you know what? That is a really good idea. Like thinking of Chris Burnham drawing the Doom Patrol is well, spot on. Like he was made to draw that book. Um, so I reached out to him, uh, asked if he was cool, and he said, absolutely. And then uh, we started cranking on the pitch. Uh, and then, you know, over time, it kind of became what it was. So uh, it was interesting. My, my main idea about the Doom Patrol that kind of, that I was so passionate about is, I think most everything in the DC universe is kind of a satellite of the Justice League or a part of the Justice League, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, you, it's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. They're like the Trinity. Uh, and then all the, all the books kind of rotate around now. Where it's like the Teen Titans and the Titans are kind of the sidekicks. Yeah. And the Justice Society is the mentors. And over here's the Doom Patrol. They're not really connected to that in any significant way. They're kind of their own pillar of like the weird guys. Yeah. Um, and so I think DC should have more of those pillars, you know, where they're, where they're not all just revolving around the Justice League. And so we kind of got talking about that and that kind of led me, well, you know, what if they're not a part of the Justice League because they're, they're kind of almost diametrically opposed to some of their philosophies and stuff. And that's what we jump into and get into with the Doom Patrol. That's so, you know, I, I always found the, the Doom Patrol fascinating because of that aspect. I think one of my favorite stories of Doom Patrol is when they get sucked into the painting and the Justice League is looking at the painting where it's like, hey, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. <laughs> so I really think that speaks to kind of like the way you're approaching it, which I think is, is a great approach. And it, it speaks to the strength of the characters. You know, I think at times, you know, when it comes to the League and stuff, there is a bit of the spectacle, like you're focusing on the event and stuff. Whereas with Doom Patrol, it's something you're very focused on, sort of the struggles of, of, of them and sort of what they're going through. And and for you, what was that like, sort of like zeroing in on these characters that have like such rich histories, but also such like personal, like trauma they have to deal with on a daily basis? Uh, well, I've been a fan of the Doom Patrol uh, since I was a kid in high school. Like I was reading co the comics back then. Um, was really inspired by uh, Grant Morrison's work. Um, but I kept following them through the years and all the different incarnations of the team. I've always had a real fondness of the characters. And I think if you, if you follow that, you know, it's a, it's a bumpy road with all the different crises and continuity shakeups. But when you get to Gerard Way's run, um, they're starting to kind of process that trauma. And I found that really interesting. And I, I felt like, you know, they started out like, if you, especially if you look at like uh, Jane's journey from like, the early Doom Patrol issues where she's, 
you know, she's in that, that hospital, she's painting outside in the rain, she's, she's not in a good place. And you take it all the way through to the, to the, the last incarnation of the team, and she's leading them. And I think that's, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of stepping up. It's not quite there yet, but you can see that happening. And I feel like where we're taking the team is kind of the next logical place for that, where we're able to say, well, these are people who have trauma, but they're, they're processing their trauma and they're healing. And I think when you start to do that, the next logical step is to help others heal. And because of Lazarus Planet, which I I don't know how much I can say about that, but, uh, like I haven't read the one that came out today, but the uh, basically, so I don't know exactly where in the timeline it is, but um, where that leaves things uh, for as far as the gene control are concerned is is there are kind of uh, more people with an active metagene than ever. And metagene is like not everybody has it, but if some you know accidents and trauma can cause them to react, and it, it gives them superpowers. Um, and so. There's more of those guys than ever, and that doesn't always go so well. Like, not all of them become superheroes that join the Justice League. A lot of them end up, uh, you know, in Arkham Asylum, where they become, you know, worse. Uh, sometimes they end up in, in other prison places. Uh, they end up at Star Labs, where they're maybe a guinea pig. But, you know, uh, worst case scenario, they end up in the Suicide Squad, and they're, mm-hmm. they're literally weapons. Um, and so all those options, in my mind, are really bad if you're a metahuman. And so what the Doom Patrol are doing is they're, they're offering a place to, to bring these new metahumans where they're not just soldiers in a new war. They're teaching them how to deal with those disabilities and how to, like, uh, you know, turn them into abilities and turn them into ways to live and function in society. Almost a little bit like Charles Xavier's school, but more so for people with trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, this year is the 60th anniversary of the Doom Patrol and also the X-Wings. Uh, but the Doom Patrol, I don't know a lot of people know this, they got there first. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the X-Men kind of popped up after it, but there are a lot of similarities between those teams. Um, so I guess in a way we're taking it back. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's like a Slade and Wade Wilson kind of thing. Who yeah. <laughs> who did it first? <laughs> what yeah. inspired what? But, you know, it, it's I think what, what's awesome about Doom Patrol is like, yeah, if you kind of lay out the, the basic, hey, outcast guy in a wheelchair recruits them and stuff like that yeah they look very similar but they're very different i think for sure um, especially the the way they're, they're written and, and their histories um i definitely feel like um it's a lot cooler to be an x-men <laughs> part of the doom patrol and that speaks to kind of like what they're going through you know they're they're not someone that could join the justice league and stuff like that and for you what what was it like sort of being in a position now to kind of have that mark on the DC universe to be able to write these iconic characters and, you know, presumably bring in your own characters and, you know, explore. What's great about Doom Patrol is that there are these breaks. So every time there's a new series, it's almost like a new era, you know? Right. And it, it always feels, even if it wasn't something like iconic, you always kind of remember it because there's not too many of them. <laughs> yeah. So I, what's that like being able to, to have that and have that platform to be able to bring in your own take? Well, the, the first thing I did was, like like I said, I kind of reread everything. Yeah. Um, just to kind of, I, I'm a big fan of all your comics count. Yeah. And everything everything matters, everything happens. So I was kind of viewing it through the lens of, this is the June Patrol, this is their timeline, the the good, the bad, the ups and downs. Like, there's, there's all these things happening. And I was, you know, using that kind of frame of reference, I kind of just was, taking them to what the next logical step is. And that's why we kind of 
change the color to, to orange instead of red or purple or anything like that. It's like, I want them to feel like first responders, uh, which is way different from a normal superhero, I think. You know, like I want it to feel like when they're showing up, they're, they're there to rescue the monster. You know, they're there yeah. to like take care of that problem. Um, and so it was, it was really cool um, to Ben Abernathy, my editor's credit. Uh, he's, he's, he's very much the kind of editor who is always trying to find a way to make, make it work. Uh, so we'll come up with crazy ideas and he'll, he'll try to figure out a way to make it happen. Like, like one of the things, uh, so Burnham and I used to be in a studio together before the pandemic. Uh, ever since I've known Burnham, he's always wanted to do a scratch off cover. Like, it's just been a dream. And I was like, okay. And when we did this, he's like, oh, maybe I finally get the chance to do this scratch-off cover. So when I saw Ben in San Diego, I was like, hey, Burnham has this crazy idea. And to Ben's credit, like, he just immediately started texting people, trying to figure out how to make that work. And then we wanted to find a way to do with the variant covers to, like, make them feel, well, some of them anyway, make them feel, like, meaningful to the characters. So I don't know if you've seen that scratch-off cover, but it's, uh, it's crazy Jane looking in a mirror and it, it basically says, uh, who will Jane be today? And when you scratch it off, there's different options that kind of come up with that. And then we created some new altars for Jane. Um, and one of those altars is now the chief of the Doom Patrol. And she's in charge of the team, uh, which was really fun to do. Um, the other thing, like just some aesthetic things, like like with Cliff, his jacket is like kind of a motorcycle racing jacket. And I, a lot of people forget that guy's like, uh, you know, he's a race car driver. He was like a daredevil. And I kind of, in my mind, he's the best driver in the DC universe. So I'm just kind of like leaning into some of these like interesting uh, character qualities with them and kind of find a way to like dial those up. But we're having a ton of fun. Like Burnham's doing incredible work. You get a chance to see anything that's out there already. It's crazy detail. It's so big. That's crazy because uh, I did see that cover. I didn't know it was a scratch off. I was like, oh, oh that's yeah, a cool yeah. like variant cover. I was like, you know, be, because she has so many personalities, I thought it was just like a good like, character like when you see like two face with like a broken like mirror or something like that yeah, <laughs> so it was, yeah. it was like that's cool you know i think you know sometimes we, what sucks is like uh the the coolness of it doesn't translate when you're looking at the previews because you're just looking at the photo but right that's dope. right right it's just an image when, when it gets a little closer there's a there's a separate final order cutoff for that cover because it takes a little bit extra to make it but when it yeah. gets a little closer we'll reveal uh there's five different altars that you can get by scratching it off so we'll uh, reveal all of those so you can kind of see what's out there but uh i don't know it's super neat it's it's gonna yeah, be that's a really lot cool no yeah. i'm definitely gonna i gotta, that I gotta <laughs> make sure i don't have that around my dad because he's gonna probably be like it's a lottery ticket let me scratch this off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i say you need to scratch one but that that's awesome i think to have fun and what's it been like collaborating with, with burnham because it, it seems like you guys are, are really close and sort of have this this creative friendship and what was it like and I think what's great about the Doom Patrol, again, is like the art, too. Like, it's one of those great, like, art books because of the, the characters and the unique designs and how wacky the stories can get. So, like, artists can really go crazy with the with the weirdness. So what was it like sort of, you know, writing those scripts and seeing what was coming back? Uh, it, it's great working with Burn. Like I said, we were in a studio together. I draw, too. So if they, yeah. there's ever something that I'm having a hard time communicating the words or he's not understanding, I can do a quick sketch and then he'll do something way better. Um, but uh, we just, we talk every day, you know, and it was like, we were already kind of talking every day anyway. So it's just, it's making comics with your buddies, which I think is the best way to make comics. Like uh, 
uh, you know, those are my collaborative experiences I enjoy the most are the ones that I get to really just dig in and make a comic with a bud. Um, a lot of times that only happens with creator-owned comics. And this is, yeah. I think it's a really unique situation where Burnham and I get to work together. That's awesome. And obviously, you can't dive in too deep into the details. Obviously, we have a big event coming up and stuff. But one thing I wanted to ask you, sort of like how I discovered your work was, Dark Crisis Green Arrow was one of my favorite like wow. um, like moments last year reading because I'm a huge Green Arrow fan and the way that story was was laid out with Dinah and him sort of being you know uh, these star cross lovers that couldn't be what was it like doing that story I think like we don't get enough Green Arrow and I think DC has realized that and that's why they're giving us the Williamson Green Arrow but what was it yeah. like writing that story and you know putting something so unique. I felt like of all the Dark Crisis tie-ins, that was one that really like popped out to me. Yeah, it was, I mean, you gotta, you know, it's uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary kind of go together. Like you can't, you can't separate them. And I think that was, that was the core idea of it for me was, you know, and Stephanie wanted to have Black Canary in her story. So I was like, why don't, why don't we make it so that we're both doing kind of a Green Arrow and Black Canary story where she's doing the, the world that resulted from all the failures that led to that. And we talked back and forth and then she ran off and did hers. And then I just love the idea of like, you know, listen, Green Arrow's always going to find a way back to Black Canary, even if it ruins his universe, her universe, it doesn't matter. And like, she's just trying to keep him alive because, you know, Doomsday beat the hell out of him. And so there was just this uh, this interesting balance where he's going to keep doing this and she's going to keep doing that. And the cry's like, well, this is a pain in the ass. I'm just going to, you know, throw the whole thing away. And that compromise at the end where it's like they get to be together, but it, but it is bittersweet because they're, they're basically, you know, they get to be together, but at this cost of them being, you know, essentially in a jail. Uh, but they, they're willingly walking into that, or she is anyway, because he was near death, but she's willingly walking into that just to save his life and keep him alive. So, and uh, the stuff that Josh has planned is super cool. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if you saw that, that cover that he put yeah. out the, a couple of days ago, but man, he's, he's uh, Sean Isaacs, the artist, he's a huge Green Arrow fan. Like, that book's going to be rad. I'm really excited about it. I saw that preview image. So I was like, is that Peacemaker? <laughs> I was like, there's so much going on in it. I was like, I don't know what this book is going to be about, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm definitely going to read it. You know, that's awesome. Like, and what's it like? It seems like you, you have a pretty good home at, at DC and what's it been like being able to, to have these opportunities to, to work on characters like Green Arrow, Doom Patrol, um, you know, Future State. That's something that's awesome. You've been keeping that alive, which is a, a world I really liked. And I felt like they, it, it almost like, some of the things that happened in that event have been forgotten <laughs> or certain characters yeah. haven't been like, like Yada, I would love to see her get a, a series again and stuff. But like, what's it like to, to have a place where you're able to really have fun, you know, leave your mark on these characters? I mean, I'm a huge DC fan. Like since, since I was a kid, like my, my first comic ever, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but like I'm from Florida uh, SeaWorld in Florida, they used to do these like water ski shows with the super friends. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was people dressed in costume doing water skiing things. And I went there as a kid and they were, they would hand out comics at the end. And that was literally my first comic book was like uh, an issue of Batman. And I was hooked. Like I've been uh, specifically DC, uh, like I've, I've loved those characters, you know, Superman and Batman and all those characters as I grew up. And then 
uh, I've just kind of followed him. So getting the opportunity to like work in that universe, um, short of doing like the X-Men, which I did a little bit with Marvel during the Secret Wars event. Um, like those are my, those are my things, you know, like I love DC and, and, and just the opportunity to get in there and kind of get my hands dirty and hopefully make some lasting changes and create some new characters and like, you know, just kind of add to the toy box. Uh, I think it's super cool, you know, and it's like, uh, I would love to just be able to just like add my bit and have things that kind of continue and keep going from there. Um, but yeah, and then working on uh, Future State Gotham was really neat because that was a really experimental book. Yeah. Uh, like, because we were doing it kind of that film manga style. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that. That was, that one was wild because, I mean, there were no rules and we could kind of do everything. Sometimes we'd hit up against the edges of what were going on in, yeah. in the main universe and we kind of had to course correct. But man, overall, that was a, it was a real fun book. Uh, and I'm uh, glad it got to go as long as it did. You know, yeah. we, we, were, we were probably on borrowed time and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great book. I was rereading it before we started doing this interview and I was like, man, this is so good. Why is this not got more issues? Because the whole part was like, Peacekeeper Red and everything, uh, Punchline. There's just so many characters that come in and out. And it really felt like something I was watching, like a TV show, like when I was a kid, like every single thing feels like a 30 minute episode. And I can't wait for the next one. And thankfully it's on DC Infinite, so I can just reread it all the time. Yeah, yeah. The third the third trade's coming out in April too, I think. Uh, but yeah, I I kind of I'm I'm a I'm a huge manga fan too. And mm. I kind of like was just going for big moments with that comic, like any, anything I could do. And, and kind of, because Josh and I started, we co-wrote, co-wrote the book at the beginning. And we were just kind of figuring it out as we went along, you know, and, and kind of just through the organic process of us writing together, it became this kind of buddy cop thing with, with uh, you know, the next Batman and Red Hood. And that was really interesting to me, like the, the kind of uh, just kind of writing that kind of buddy team dynamic book. Um, had a lot of fun with that. I, I, I think that that core relationship between those two and then when Hunter Panic joined was a really interesting team. I had plans to go all the way to issue 25 and beyond, really probably could have got to 30. But, I, you know, it was just the further we got away from the future state event, it was just, uh, you know, that. Uh, we probably should have ended it at the end of the next Joker arc, but we that did so well that they gave us another arc and we were kind of just going from there. So, hey, Chris's favorite Robin is Dick Grayson and mine's Jason Todd. So, I'm super glad for what you gave us with yeah, Red yeah. Hood. Uh, and speaking of something you mentioned earlier, how like you know, the people join the Doom Patrol, they kind of like they've got the trauma and they're trying to work through stuff. And I really like how you put it. of you know, the Justice League and the Doom Patrol, they're kind of going to go against each other sometimes. They don't necessarily have all the same values, which I like because I feel like if you're going to do something worthwhile, there's going to be someone else that's trying to do something worthwhile and you're going to kind of push each other to be even better. So what I'm excited to see how the Doom Patrol pushes other people to be better in this series. But if there's a character that is from some of the other trauma-filled squads that you mentioned, like Suicide Squad, uh, that you could bring into the Doom Patrol in the future, who would it be? Oh man! <laughs> uh, I mean, there are a lot of characters. I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to make it, you know, kind of too guest star filled, like, yeah. unless they're kind of, you know, like, like in the first issue. If you look at the art that's already out there, they're very clearly going to Gotham, and yeah. 
that you know how Batman feels about his city. Like that's his city. So they're already ticking people off by just showing up there. Like they didn't ask permission. They're just rolling into Gotham to do their thing. Um, so they're already kind of coming up against someone. Um, I think there are, I'm more interested in the characters that kind of have, uh, you know, that, that would have that trauma and that problems. Um, the characters I want to name, I don't want to because that might be potential stories that I want to yeah. explore down the line. Yeah. Um, but I but I think there are, you know, any of the characters that kind of stumble. So I actually, it, for the TV show, Cyborg is a really interesting addition to that team because he was somebody who struggled with his humanity when he, when he was first introduced, just that idea of being, you know, mostly machine and kind of having to process that. And, and like, he, he actually makes a lot of sense on the Duke trial. I wasn't happy about it when I first heard about it, but watching the show, I was like, no, no, that's right. He's he's kind of uh, Doom Patrol adjacent, you know, yeah. and so that's interesting. But definitely, any characters that kind of fall into that that are that are when their abilities start to affect their humanity, um, especially when it starts to make them look different from everybody else. I think those are those are characters that are right for the Duke Patrol, you know. And it's like whereas usually the, the members of the Justice League they're very attractive, they're very handsome, you know, even. You know, or they or they have the ability to become. They're like the Martian Manhunter. He can just shape change and look look yeah. great. Uh, but it's those characters that are kind of just stuck, looking how they are and kind of dealing with that. I think those are those are prime Doom Patrol candidates. The Justice League may look better, but I have to say, will we get a a live action version of that jacket? That and I need a racer jacket to have like the the D with the P. Like that design is amazing <laughs> that, that was such a process with me and burnham like passing uh drawings back and forth because the the doom patrol have always had some kind of insignia that's like a d and a p like yeah. jane created one and there's been other versions of it over the years and i wanted to do that but i wanted it to kind of be our own too you know and it, and like have a really recognizable symbol that's our run and so you know, I was I I sent Burnham like at my initial drawing. He's like, "Is this a thing?" And he's like, "Maybe it's too busy." And then he did a drawing, I did a drawing. We kind of went back and forth. And then I I just always had this idea of Cliff kind of getting away from that, like you know, the punk jacket with the solar panels or whatever those are supposed to be on his shoulders. And kind of I just I was like, man, I almost kind of want him to feel a little sexy, as sexy as a robot man can yeah. be. And I think having him like no shirt underneath and like the racing jacket, it's super cool. Like he uh he still looks weird, but it's like he's cool in his own way. It's a badass jacket, but yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can and, probably look up like vintage uh motorcycle jackets, you'll find things that are kind of close to it, but Burnham put his own like the piping and stuff is really his own take on it. Yeah. I'm I mean, gonna it, file that away for Chris's Christmas gift next year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they just make a jacket. That would be great. I would love to see that. That'd be so cool. Yeah, they, uh, I feel like at Comic Con, you always see those booths that have like the cool jackets from movies and stuff like that. So hopefully, someone commissions them to to make. Yeah, I mean, that, that's reason alone for everybody to order this book is just to get that jacket made. <laughs> get the jacket made. Yeah, but um, is there anything like you know? Obviously, outside of Doom Patrol, you have a really good relationship at DC. I've, I've done other things. Is is there anything coming up you're really excited about that you want people to know about to have on their horizon? Anything on Final Order cutoff that's coming up? Uh, well, just just out this week was uh, Batman Urban Legends 23. It's actually the last issue of the series, but it also, I had a three-part uh, series in there with Hayden Sherman called Arkham Academy. 
and it was kind of uh, like a scared straight uh, program for like the juvenile delinquents of Gotham City. But these are the ones that like, they are at risk teens. So some of them are like literally children of supervillains. Um, like like uh, we pulled out the Riddler's daughter, Enigma, who's a character that goes back a few years. And then we made up some new characters of our own. Uh, but that is a three part story that just ended today. Um, super proud of it. Hayden Sherman's art is really, really good. Um, if you get a chance to check that out, that would be great. I've got a it's Lazarus Planet, Legends Reborn, comes out in February, and I have a Firestorm story in that that is super neat. Um, and uh, that's a character I really like. And I, I, uh, there's kind of a horror twist on it. I would love to do a horror-themed uh, Firestorm book because there's, to me, there's something really creepy about that, the way he merges two people together and transforms. There's just a body horror to that that I, I'm, I really love, and I would love to see that like kind of played out a little more. I think that's everything. Oh, and I have a I have a webtoon that comes out with artist Yuki Saki. Um, it is called Gates of Hell, and uh, it is on webtoon. Uh, comes out every week on Wednesday around six p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, and it's gonna go on for the foreseeable future. That's super exciting. Um, again, thank you for coming on. I hope to see more Firestorm. You know, I think because of Deathstorm, everyone always associates that look <laughs> of Deathstorm yeah. with Firestorm, especially now. I think uh, they made a mistake making him that awesome because now Firestorm is forever associated <laughs> with Deathstorm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put a skull on it. That's usually a good recipe to make anything pretty yeah. cool. It's yeah. like, yeah, we can't make him a hero anymore. He has to be forever Deathstorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in, in our story. It's uh, Jesus Marino did the art, and it is... The very, very classic look of Firestorm. It looks really good. It's, it's uh, If you look on my Twitter, Dennis Culver, uh, there's some art on there. And it's just, it's like lush, beautiful, like classic Firestorm. So, uh, and the story gets dark. So definitely read it. I'm excited for, for all of these, especially Doom Patrol. Again, thank yeah, you for coming on, taking the time. If you look at the past episodes of the podcast, this has kind of become an unofficial DC podcast because just about every creator we've had on is <laughs> we're in a DC book. So oh, thank right you. For coming on and being a fan it's it's always great to see people live out their dreams and, and work on these characters and and continue the legacy so that we get to you know follow their stories as as we grow old i get to pass it down to my son so it's great to that you came on and we really appreciate it great thank you so much yeah and with that bada boom bada boom bada boom patrol <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bob Boom Podcast. Keep the conversation going with Chris and I on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can find us on all these places at at Bada Boom Podcast. Get into the comments on our YouTube channel. Let us know what you like about the show or what you'd like to hear from us in the future. Until next time, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening.